Ball like the players, get down and lay down, lay down and stay down. Ball like the players, can't take a day off, can't take a day off. Ball like the players, get down and lay down, lay down and stay down. Can't take a play off, can't take a day off, can't take a day off. Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where today talking about Orlando City. What else would we be talking about? Uh, with me is Gavin Eubank and Brad Newton. I'm Austin David, and today we're going to be talking about playoffs. I don't, sound. Sound. Oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that sound. Oh, I don't have that sound. You guys, you gotta, you gotta let me know ahead of time if, if that's you, you got. Some I mean, requests. what else are we gonna be talking I mean, about? We've uh, this team's only ever made the playoffs twice, so don't expect that to. Uh, I mean, I got this sound. Call an emergency meeting for playoffs. Yep, that's what we've done. So that's why the three of us are here. I could just superimpose the playoffs sound after in post uh, you could but it's gonna go right here uh, playoffs don't talk about it. playoffs you kidding me playoffs who's excited we're not even talking about the game oh, talking about wrong one yeah that's the that's the iverson rant we're we're we're, we're going a, a little deeper into playoffs no he talking wasn't about talking about playoffs. we're talking about practice He's talking about we're not practice. Even, we're not even talking about the game. We're talking about practice. So eloquently put by Ted Lasso. Speaking of Ted Lasso and soccer in general, hey, Orlando City is playing Nashville on Tuesday at 8 o'clock for a spot in the next round of the MLS Cup playoffs. As of right now, Orlando City is the underdogs because they're playing away from home, which, by the way, this is their first ever away game in the playoffs because the last year they played both of theirs at home. So new territory for Orlando City this year. This is true. Um, They probably should have, well, not probably, pretty much said that they should be hosting a a home playoff game this year uh, when they came out and said uh, that they pretty much made an oopsie in that uh Nashville match. Yeah, yeah, the uh the pro referees. So we'll we'll very quickly talk about the whole Nashville game of last time, which ended in controversy because the call was botched by Alan Chapman. And um we'll we'll get back to him in just a minute here. Anything ever happened to him from that? No. Absolutely okay. nothing. No. Nothing whatsoever. Now, pro referees basically came out a couple days ago and said, "We, uh, you know, this probably should have should have gone ahead and probably not been called." Here's the official quote from Pro: "The amount of contact from Daryl DK on Alistair Johnson was somewhat minimal, so this incident was at the lower end of the clear and obvious scale. There is a reasonable probability." that this impacted Johnson's ability to clear the ball, but it is hard to be certain. Hence, this was a difficult situation for VAR. It is subjective as to whether Johnson would have been able to play the ball cleanly as it would have, as it would be preferred for the decision on the field to remain at a high threshold for intervention maintained. Oops, our bad. 
Yeah. So Pro said our bad. And, um, well, Oscar Pereja, he had some words this past Wednesday. Um, let me just go ahead and play the clip here. Uh, I can I can forget that last play, you know? And they say that I was a foul and he wasn't. And everybody saw that too. And and I'm gonna kinda answer that question. I think it was a terrible call that I won't forget from Chapman. And and I can't keep going. <laughs> I still have that in my heart. And at the end of the game they were saying that that was fair and that wasn't. I understand that there is a competition and when it's black is black and when it isn't it isn't. You know? And then and then we felt very, very uh, hurt. Uh, it was very, in, it was an injustice, and and that was approved by Nashville too. At the end, it's fine. Yeah. So that that was uh, <laughs> that was Oscar Pereja and his thoughts on Alan Chapman. And I I find it funny how he he ends his whole entire sentiment just saying it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's when you know it's not. Whenever someone well, says he, it's fine, yeah, it's, he. It's be, I mean, he said, "I'll never forget that call from Chapman." Uh he, he uses full government name. He said Alan Chapman. No, he just said from Chapman. Oh, I th- I thought he said Alan. Chapman. No, he just said Chapman. My bad. Last name Chapman. I was like, I was like, oh, that piqued me for a second there, and I was like, he said that man's full name. <laughs> I will never forget that Alan Chapman. I was like, ooh. He's he's thought about causing him physical bodily harm if that was the how that came out, but it is not. So he probably did not because uh, he is a mature adult um, and a professional. So uh, he's also had uh, some time to kind of stew on it just a little bit. I'm just saying he's a better person than I am. So yeah, well, um, I mean, here's the thing: he Oscar Pereja holds grudges. If you see him and uh-huh. Caleb Porter interact. There's, there's still like they don't like each other from like five, six, seven years ago. So like there's, there's some bad blood there. Justifiably so. Um, I mean to be fair, Brent still also doesn't like Caleb Porter from like fifteen years ago. (laughs) That's more of a meme than actual like hatred though. I mean, Brent's also no, dead. I heard, so I heard, yeah, I heard Brent say his his final words were, "I hate Caleb Porter," and then he <laughs> passed. I mean, we all did joke that Caleb Porter should have been the next head coach of Orlando City. Uh, it kind of worked out in the end for Orlando because they got Oscar, but Caleb Porter also did win the MLS Cup playoff championship with Columbus last year. So, yeah, yeah, how's that working out from this year? Not, not good. In fact, bad. Even they did not make the playoffs. They didn't. Um, in bringing it back to Orlando City, one could argue that this them them it was a bad call. Mm-hmm. But so now they have an away match in Nashville. Yep. If we look at the table, if they had two more points, they would have a home game against NYCFC. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd the last one turn out? Hmm. I believe it went to. You mean penalties. the game that Alan Chapman also roughed? Yeah, 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, let's just say that Alan Chapman has bad history with Orlando City, and Orlando City has very much justifiable reason to hate Alan Chapman. To wit, I believe that Alan Chapman should never be on an Orlando City call again. And if he is, yeah, I mean, there's an immediate bias from I mean, everybody. how many how many how many refs have we gotten to this point now with? I was going to say isn't like, Ted Uncle shouldn't... basically like shadow banned for Orlando City games? I mean, I think Chris Penso is too. Um I I think it's I think you're going to have a hard time uh finding refs who can actually officiate Orlando City matches if if that's the case if we're going to start like yeah, maybe don't do that anymore. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, listen. There, do you guys remember um, Grajeda, the referee? His he goes by Chico Grajeda now, but his full name is Hilario Grajeda, and he changed it to Chico because people were uh, changing his name to Hilarious Grajeda uh, because he was making hilariously bad calls. So he changed his name to Chico. Yeah, I believe that is. Is that that's the man who? Uh... No, there's too many to keep track. Is that the one that did the handball, the phantom handball against New England back in 2016? Maybe. I don't remember. It's hard to, it's hard to keep track of our, all of these He people. was part of a bad call in our Orlando City game. I just can't remember which one. Again. It was one of the, vi- it was one of the very memorable bad calls. Uh, there, I remember the one many. that there's many of those. Uh, Yar Marufo <laughs> uh, gave to the union uh, that – Pro basically went, oh, yeah, no, they shouldn't have done that. It was either Marufo or the man Marufo's we were was talking in 2016, though, so that's... That I mean. did the phantom handball against New England. But anyway, I digress. Hey, so you guys remember that red card that uh, Kaká got in 2016? Is that the one? No. Oh. Alan Chapman. No. No. Soren Stoichka. Mm. Guess where he's what he's up to now. Uh, selling cars. Uh, no, he's actually refereeing UCF soccer games. So, like I said, selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> I just found it funny. He was he was she showed up one day at a, a UCF game. I'm like, this guy's an MLS ref, right? Right, and turns out he hasn't refed an MLS game since 2019. I mean, Jorge Gonzalez gave uh, Kaká one after it. Uh, Kaká, I was going to say it playfully tossed Aurelian Collins' hair, but Collins doesn't have hair. He, so. he playfully tossed the um, phantom hair that should have been there. Yeah. So, I mean. A phantom red card for phantom hair. There you go. Yeah, and Phantom Pain, the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> game that accurately describes what our dystopian <laughs> American political culture is going to look like. Phantom Pain. I feel like that's going to be a Anyways. that's going to be a deeper conversation for another time. What what podcast was this again? It's a soccer show. Speaking of soccer, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, Oscar Breja and Luis Muzi got together for forty minutes and answered media questions at the pre-playoffs press conference, and we got some answers to some of pre-offs. the the pre-offs. Yes, that sounds dirty. Uh, we, uh, Oscar and, and Muzi uh, both answered some some questions. Um, it was nice seeing Oscar in person again. It's been 22 months since I've seen him in person and actually been able to like ask him a question like that. I've seen him at practice, but we don't like we're not allowed to interact like that. 
So it was nice to see him, and it really is a change of pace because he answers questions in so much more detail when you're in person compared to just over Zoom. <clears throat> so it was a really nice change of pace to have him actually like have long-winded answers because he is he's he's got a lot of thoughts. Put it that way. With that press conference, though, there were a lot of questions asked, a lot of answers about you know how the team's doing and the team health is doing okay. But one specific player that I wanted to bring up is Chris Mueller. Now, Chris Mueller uh, did not play in the Montreal game. He was out uh, with an injury. I think. Uh... The, yep, I'm seeing it here. The Orlando Soccer Show Twitter account tweeted out Edinburgh flu. <laughs> yeah, uh, officially, according to the Orlando City Communications staff, Chris told the uh, coaching staff after their last training session before they left that he felt pain while training. And so they just said, stay home. And he was, they, Oscar was asked again today or Wednesday about Chris and I asked Oscar about Chris in our one-on-one afterwards and I'll go ahead and play the audio from my um one-on-one and because I, I, th- I think his his answer was was very interesting I basically just asked Oscar how has it been for Chris knowing that he's half here and half gone you know how do you kind of how does that affect a player uh, being able to give 100% to your team, and how has that affected you from coaching a player that may not be 100% here with your team? So here's Oscar Pereja to me on Wednesday afternoon. With Chris, um, I, I have been very honest with him all the time. I said a year ago, uh, I want you to be here. I want you to work with you. I don't want you to leave anywhere. And and you understand that players have some dreams. I was a player for 20 years. I know what is that feeling, you know. And it's not like you're betraying anybody or you're disappointing people. I think you're. I think you're. Just you know, he get there because he deserve it. I mean, nobody has given anything. So. In order to balance that up, is okay. I'm gonna have you for a year. Let's go, Bing. I want you to be here for a year. I'm gonna have you for six months. Let's do that. And then now it feels like uh, there is still a month. And then a month. Let's do that. So for players that are younger, sometimes it's more challenging. Because they have a lot of stuff and people and, and, and all these things here, and then I feel for for Chris because it's it's not it's not easy for him. Uh, but I, I I don't measure him from that length. You know what I'm saying? I don't measure him from that decision. Ah, oh, so you're not you didn't score today because you don't want to be here. No, no, zero, nothing. I respect him that much and I love him that much. And I'm very grateful for what he has done because he had a terrific year last year. And this year has been challenging. Yes, has been. And I still think that Chris is here. So I'm just always looking for him. Are you good? Are you okay? You ready? You feel good? 
just be here. And 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 that's it. Uh, so that 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 has been kind of the management with him. And if you think about Nashville, uh, if if Chris is fine and Chris is good, Chris will be there. And it's in our plans always. Well, there you go. That's Oscar Pereja and Chris Mueller. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's like something that. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he, he really means that. I'm sure he he has plans for Chris being in the lineup. I mean, he's. It, I, obviously, his goal scoring production has gone way down from last year, but he's he's on pace with last year's assists. I mean, he's matched it with six. Um. So yeah, I mean, he's still. He doesn't contribute exactly in the same way that he was last year, but he's still contributing to an extent. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 easy to, to look at it and say like, well, there's a there's a very, pretty good reason why he probably hasn't been producing as well as he was. Yeah, and and again, when you're dealing with all of this different stuff in your head as a player. It's obviously going to weigh you down, especially when you have bad performances mixed in with the fact that you're leaving, mixed in with the fact that fans are maybe not as thrilled about you leaving and have kind of dropped your support. I feel like Chris is very much a kind of similar player to Dom Dwyer in that respect, and I know it's dangerous comparing him to Dom, but hear me out here. Dom has always fed off of the support of fans. You know, he plays better when people are behind him and people are buoying him up and he feeds off that and plays better when people are down on him he gets worse and there are players like that and I feel like Chris is is kind of like that in some some way just because you know as soon as he announced that he was leaving fans started kind of being upset about him leaving and you know why didn't you want to stay here and whatever and and then his, his production has kind of been a bit faltering and, you know, he has his whole model of uh, bet on yourself and being kind of self-motivated and pushing yourself to, to new light heights and new limits. But at the same time, it's it's hard for a player who's still very young and still very young in their professional career to have to go through all of these different situations all at once. And especially when you're not just moving yourself, but you're moving your growing family as well, because you have a newlywed wife to go along with you. So there's a lot that goes into it. And and Oscar, like you said, everything he said, he means. And I've seen it in person, not just with Chris, but with Daryl, because Daryl is another one of those players that is probably going to go overseas. But I've seen like times during practice that Oscar will just sit with one of them and just talk for like 20 minutes if they're not practicing or if they're injured or something. He'll just sit and talk and, and make sure that they're doing okay. And, you know, I've seen times where they're just walking out on the field and, and Oscar's got his arm wrapped around their shoulder and they're, they're just talking. And you can see the genuine, like, care that Oscar has for his players. So when he says, like, I'm going to Chris all the time and I'm saying, are you good? Are you okay? Are you ready? Do you feel good? You know, just be here for us. And then, you know, I'm not going to stop you from leaving because I want you to grow as a player. And he genuinely means that. So, again, from 
when you see it from an outside perspective and you look at the situation, oh, Chris is, you know, he's, he's injured. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But he might be, you know, I, I feel like the players respect Oscar too much, especially for Chris. I feel like he respects Oscar too much to just say, you know what? I'm done. I do. I do have to wonder about the, the, I mean, uh, it's just, this is going back to stuff from July, but if, if, he has the production that he has all this year. And then at the end of the season, after the playoffs, whatever, if he announces like, Hey, I'm going to Hibs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if it's received differently than it has been. Hmm. Because I think at the end of the season, we could be like, Oh, well, okay. Well, you know, that was just a natural progression of things. Mm-hmm. I guess. But with the foreknowledge of like, well, this is just borrowed time. Like, I wonder like if that uh, had an effect on how it's been publicly perceived. Yeah. I, I, again, you can, you can always ask about timing and like, you know, when was the right time or there is no real right time to do it, to be honest. And that that's, that's the thing is there's never going to be a right time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm playing. We're playing the result right now because it already happened. Right. So it can't. I mean, we can't go back and and talk about a hypothetical. But it's that's that's exactly it. It's because of the timing of it. It has given people, I mean, myself included, like uh, a very obvious like. Okay, well, this is why he hasn't been performing as well because mm-hmm. he's waiting to get to Scotland and then he's going to really turn it on. Yeah, I think it'll just be very interesting to see how he adjusts to the new game. I asked Robin Janssen um, in our breakout sessions on Wednesday about, like, if, if you've talked to Chris about any of, like, playing in Europe or anything like that. And apparently Chris has been asking a lot of the former European players for some advice. And he's been going to guys and asking them questions like, oh, you know, how do you feel like this? Is, my game's going to adjust to this? Or how do you, how do you feel like uh the paces or you know do you do you think i should be trying to do more of this in my trainings or this and he's been talking to guys like nani and robin and and guys that have played overseas and and kind of trying to adjust his game to fit with that before he heads over there so that he can kind of mesh right in but you know the players like they're not upset that chris is leaving because it's the nature of the business that that's just how it is like if anything, they're probably happy for him to be able to go and, and fulfill his probably lifelong dream of becoming a, a soccer star overseas. It may not be in the place that many people would have pictured him to be, probably not himself even. You know, I, I feel like Scotland is still kind of looked down upon. I know Gavin has gotten some flack for saying, well, Hibbs isn't that great. Um, sure, he can attest to that. But I think that it's it's... A kid following his dream, and you got to respect it at the end of the day. If it's not for your team, then it's tough. But the team will the team will recover, and they will find somebody new. Yeah, mid table Scottish Premiership team doesn't um, doesn't have the same ring to it as a yeah, but up and coming MLS team. But so on if, top if, of that, they have lost four games in a row. If Chris joins, and the, all of a sudden they become a top tier. Scottish Premiership team. Uh-huh. 
the narrative Although changes. I will give them credit. That is, they've lost four in a row, but they are their only four losses of the year. So they're they're skidding right now. Um, so it does seem that they're just waiting for Chris to show up. Chris's help at the moment, guys. Yeah. They are they are fifteen goals for and fifteen goals against, guys. He's leaving Orlando City to go to Orlando City. <laughs> oh my God, he is. Oh, uh, Hibbs has two red cards in their last five matches. Oh well, that'll that'll contribute he's, to he's two really, of those four losses. He's really going to. I mean, he's going to the Orlando really City of Orlando Scotland. City. Yeah, there are so they have gotten so many red cards this so, year. So, Gavin, what you're saying when you said months ago that this was a lateral move for Chris, you really did mean that, huh? Yeah, yeah, but. You guys silly? I'm still going to send it. Speaking of sending it, let's talk about some other aspects of this cup coming game. Nashville has not lost a game at home this season. They're a boring, visually, aesthetically just awful team. Like, everything about them is just... Blah? Like... Yeah, like it it hurts my eyes. Is it they is it tied... because of the yellow? Is that why it hurts your eyes? No, it's just their <laughs> their general philosophy about playing games is just so goddamn boring. Like they tied Chicago they tied Chicago Fire for most draws in a season, like and they're they're the third seed in the East. Like how does that even happen? Like they're also the only they're like the un one of the five or six undefeated teams at home ever in MLS. Yeah. I mean, but the, but that doesn't change the just, fact that they're boring. I know 18 draws, 18 draws, nine of them at home. You know what that says to me? This game's going, this game's going to penalties. I mean, the, all three games between Orlando and Nashville this year have ended in draws. Yep. I actually asked Oscar about that as well. And I asked him, are you going to change anything? And, of course, his response is no. We're going to be the same team. It would be kind of dumb for me to tell all my players, let's change something at the last second. We're going to be the team that we are. And he used the word protagonists again, as he always has. But he was very direct about it. And he said, this is this is who we are. We're not going to run away from it. We're not going to bunker in. We're not going to defend. We're going to play our game. We're going to attack. And we're not going to be intimidated by the fact that this team hasn't lost a game at home this year or that they don't concede very many goals. Because we've we've scored against them. Every game that they've played against them, they've scored against them. So Austin, what was what was their what was their home record this year? Eight oh and nine. Yeah. Nine draws. Yeah. They draw more than they win at home. Yeah. That's why I say it's going to penalties. It's fucking Yeah, I boring. mean, I – but, you know, Brad was saying earlier that Orlando could have ended up with Nashville or they could have ended up with NYCFC. And, and I think that their road – I like Nashville. I like the matchup because, like I said, Orlando has not lost to them this year. You know, they almost beat them, should have beaten them a couple weeks ago. You know, Orlando can beat this Nashville team. The problem, I mean, it if they get into extra time, I think the momentum carries towards Orlando because they've been there before in this kind of situation. I mean, 
like you said, Oscar, the team, they're going to they're going to play their game. And I don't believe that they're going to go in there and they're going to back down. I mean, it's going to be a tough environment. It, you, you're going to expect that Nashville is going to show up for this game. I oh, mean, 100 percent in the cold, it, in the it's freezing gonna be cold, loud. by the way. Is it supposed to be cold out there? It's supposed to be like in the 40s. You motherfuckers. In the 40s. Buddy, I've been living in the 40s for the last few weeks. It's not that bad. Playing um, in it, though? Would you be outside for 90 minutes in short sleeve shirts? It's pretty, it's pretty pleasant. Yeah, I mean, these guys are far more athletically built than I am, so I'm sure they can withstand that better. All right, the, for, the, forecast, <laughs> the forecast coming up for Nashville. On Tuesday, it is supposed to be a high of 50 and low of 33. In the evening, when the sun goes down... It's supposed to get into the 40s. So by the time they kick off at 7 o'clock local time, you're probably looking at a mid-40s game. In Richmond on Tuesday, the high is 45 and the low is 23. Now, luckily, they're they're supposed to be missing out on the rain by a day. Could you imagine playing in the 40s in rain? I'd kill myself. Yeah, I'd rather die. (laughs) So there, there's uh, always kill, there's always I'd a worse. I kill myself on live TV. My, but anyway, my I do have the worry that Orlando, if they come out flat, I don't. It's going to be a long night for them. I mean, let's see. There's a story. I mean, Matt they've been Doyle they've been out put out the been stat. Out. Orlando was 24th in the league this year. 24th in the league uh, in XG generated hmm. against an organized defense. And Nashville is an organized team. Yeah, Nashville is an organized team. And if Orlando is not firing on all cylinders, which they've struggled to do offensively this year, that's pretty easy to say. It's not going to be easy for them if they can't if they can't figure out a way to break down that defense. All it's going to take is one one stroke of magic from Hani Mukhtar to break through. You know, because we've seen Orlando City this year. Last year, they were very strong in the back, and they're still a good team defensively, but there's been a little bit more uh, break back there. And obviously, Buktar himself has found a way to get through and break that Orlando City defense. So it's going to be a close game. That's really all I can say for certain. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Historically speaking, it'll be a close game. But yeah, Nashville's I mean, the, Nashville considering has, that these teams are practically 50-50, one win for Nashville, one win for Orlando, four draws. So yeah. quite literally, it can go either way at this point. Right. But if one team doesn't show up, if Orlando doesn't show up, Orlando Nashville will roll you. Like they've they've proven yeah. that they can score five goals in a game consistently over the course mm-hmm. of the season. And that's the thing. Oscar was talking about how the team has had two weeks off. I th- that's a mm-hmm. long time without playing a game. It's going to take... They're not going to come into that game and play in the first 15 minutes like their hair's on fire. No, because the natural... Yes, they can roll you, but then also if you pose to be a threat uh, in the attack, guess what they do? They just foul you in your own end and completely stifle it. Because visually, they are probably one of the worst teams in the league. It's like playing against mud. Diarrhea. Yeah. I was gonna say playing like playing against mud, but that that works too. Because anytime anytime you get possession and an an attack starts to form, they did this uh, in the last game, and it almost worked. Well, I mean, I guess technically it did because the goal got called off for a foul. Mm. But they will. But 
they'll, they'll just foul you. That goal came off a free kick, remember? Mm-hmm. Anytime an attack starts to form, they'll just foul you. Yeah, and surprisingly, guess uh, as you talk about it, guess where Nashville is in terms of how many yellow cards they've had through the course of a season? Um, I'm going to uh, guess pretty high up there. No, they're actually the yeah, third lowest. No. The third because, lowest. Because refs never call it when you foul in the other team's own end. When they get possession and they start and they start an attack, if you foul them in their own end, the refs never refs never card anyone for it. They have actually the second least because Kansas City and Columbus are tied with fifty yellow cards. Nashville has fifty three. Orlando has sixty seven, two away from being a nice number. Portland and DC actually have sixty nine. Nice. The actually the most yellow carded team in the entire MLS is Miami. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me all that much. Guess how many, uh, how, ooh, okay, this is interesting. Red cards. Does Kieran, does Kieran Gibbs lead the league in yellow cards and red cards? Well, they're third in red cards, Uh huh. but New York City actually is the highest red cards hmm. with eight. Okay. Yeah, you've learned something today. Well. I'm very intrigued about that New York City and Atlanta matchup because whoever wins that gets to play New England in New England. By the way, uh, Kieran Gibbs only had two yellow cards on the year. No reds. I guess he just came too late. <laughs> Didn't get confused for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. <laughs> uh, we could talk about Miami another time because their whole situation is kind of crazy. Oh, boy. I mean, when when oh, listen when when your when your head coach promotes his own son from the youth team to the MLS side, eh, it raises a few eyebrows. When has that ever happened? Hmm. I wonder. Is that is there any other notable uh, cases of that happening uh, to a, another Florida team? I'm talking. I'm talking, of course, of the Tampa Bay Mutiny. Oh. <laughs> Did they do that? No. No, oh. they didn't. I was talking about Orlando City. Somehow I thought you were talking about the Jags and Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer. I don't know how. Like That was like the closest thing I could think of to that. It is true. It is true. Tim Tebow is Urban Meyer's son. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could just go Nick Khan and uh, Shad Khan. Sure. Because Nick Khan. Yeah, the owners. Like, he's a, yeah. But they're not that, but the he, players. I don't know. Yeah, and he also runs AEW, yeah. which is cool. So that that kind of gets a bit more tricky. Salute to yeah. salute to Nick Khan. Well, anyways, um, let's let's continue on with this conversation here because we we've talked about Nashville, we talked about Orlando. I want to ask some hypotheticals here for you guys, and then we'll probably just wrap up the show because um, we want to keep it pretty short. We'll we'll talk about the end of the season when it happens or a win for I meant Tony Khan. I said Nick Khan, who is the WWE executive that everyone hates. Uh, but I, meant, I, totally <laughs> I was going to say, I was Tony wondering, Khan. like okay. I didn't really process it that much. And I was, like, I did not either Khan? at all. I'm like, it, it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. one of the cons. Nick, I'm like, yeah, Nick, okay. Nick Khan. Like, I don't well, think, no, they're not, they're I was like, not I don't related. Think that's his name. They're not related oh. at all. And uh, <laughs> the public perception of both of those guys could not be more opposites. <laughs> so Fair it enough. wasn't until I sat here and I was like, no, wait a minute. It's definitely Tony. Fair enough. Wait, are you saying Tony's the one that everyone likes? 
Yeah, Tony Khan is the one that everyone likes. Oh, I mean, unless you're a Jaguars fan, then you don't. Uh, I mean, if you're an AEW fan or or for AEW, they've they've apparently hit that one. But yeah, he's like the Jags, like analytics head or something, and obviously they're not good. So, so anyways, um, let's let's finish talking about this. I'll 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 throw you some hypotheticals your way, and you're just gonna you're gonna give me some answers here. First off, just very easy. Do you think that Orlando City advance further than the semifinals this year? No. Gavin. So that would be just advancing past the second the game. The next game, right? Correct. If they win no. this and then the next one, that would be advancing past um, the semifinals. They would have to beat Nashville and either Philly or Red Bulls. I'm going to say no, just because I think that Philly, if Orlando wins, I think Philly wins too, and I don't like Orlando's chances in Philly. Fair enough. All right, here's my next hypothetical. Despite all of the individual accolades for this team this year, and by individual I mean just team accolades from them having the the best goal scorers, uh, most goals, most points, most home wins, most clean sheets, would a first-round loss to Nashville cause the season to be a failure or, at the very least, spoil it for Orlando City in general? I think Um, it spoils it. I don't – I mean, it's not an abject failure but it definitely spoils it. I mean, to be quite honest, I think making, I don't know. I mean, Orlando was close to not making the playoffs. I mean, this team was not very good the last five months. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest with you, my expectations heading into this weekend are not that high. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic and I, I, like I said, I think Orlando has a shot to win this game. I think this is a very even matchup. Once once Austin wraps up these hypotheticals, I have one for you guys. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyways, uh, I will say with Oscar, because he, he talked about that late season kind of da- tail off. He said that, you know, it wasn't good. Um, but the fact that we won our last game of the season gives us a momentum, and, and momentum is always important especially heading into a, a game like this. You know, the the players' confidence. It's all, like so much rides on confidence of players. And if you have confident players, you can, you know, you, you can have a team that can go into a, a hostile environment, you know, and, and win based on just their confidence and their, their belief in their ability to win. Um, but, you know, that, that, that plays into it very much so. I mean, we all saw it from the onset, right? Like when we, when August was coming to an end, we took a look at the schedule. We looked at, we took a look at the table, and we we're like, "Oh, this is going to be really tough going forward." Um, September was about as bad as a month as you could have. <laughs> um, October wasn't so bad, um, so that definitely helped them make up some ground. I mean, they they did go what five matches unbeaten mm-hmm. in october so um aside from the one columbus game where they just didn't show up in until later yeah 
Um, they they've been in every game that they've played, and they they haven't quit. So I mean, they 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 do have a, a slight run of form here over the last like two months. So, mm-hmm. um, granted, I mean, two weeks off is a really long time. So we'll we'll see. There, there and the thing up. is, like, because of the two weeks off, there's really no way to tell what kind of form either team will come into this game with. Uh huh. Because you've had guys that have been away on international duty with Pedro and Sebas, so they've been getting game uh, time. Keep in mind, you've got Nani, who also uh, did not play in that last match against uh, yeah. Montreal. They didn't end up needing him either. They didn't need him, but he didn't play. Yeah, so, he did. He did say later that he was he was feeling good. Yeah, I mean, but that's but that's the thing. I'm not saying like, oh, maybe he was hurt. Like, mm. no, that was that was good. That I mean, he's gotten three weeks left, and we've seen him have a precipitous drop off at the end of the year. Yes, every year he's been here. Yes, so maybe giving him some an, an extra week of rest was maybe a, was a was a gamble that paid off. So. Yep. And we can we can um, talk about Nani's future here in Orlando next week because I, I do want to save it for like an after season conversation, um, especially with that article with the Athletic that just came out where he basically said I, I want to stay in Orlando um, because there's been other articles in Portugal that say I want to finish my career in Portugal. So uh, it seems like he's trying to appease everybody, but also at the same time not make a formal decision. But we can talk about that after the season. I do want to give yeah. one more hypothetical, and then, Brad, I want to hear yours, and then we'll probably call it a day. But my hypothetical here, and it's not necessarily a hypothetical. It's more just a question in general. Is Orlando City past the point of just being happy to make the playoffs? No. No. I I think I think they, they haven't. I mean, this is only their second time making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've gotten close before. They missed it by a one point in 2016 i believe it was mm-hmm. where they only missed it by a point so i mean they've they've been close or they've they've only made it now for their second time so i don't i don't think it's appropriate for Orlando city fans to feel happy just making the playoffs when we don't have that history of having a deep playoff run or, or really like outside of one game where a really bad official didn't know what he was doing and it forced uh, a defender to step up and in a, in a shootout to really have any memorable playoff moments. So, I mean, I think give it another year or two, I mean, I, I, then yes. If that's, if that's the case where they're making the playoffs for like, you know, three, four years in a row mm-hmm. and just making first or second round exits yeah then i think that's that's a bit more appropriate but for this to be their second time to to just make it in by the skin of their teeth um no i think i think making the playoffs is still uh building up towards what they ultimately need to do i just wanted to go ahead and play this quote from Luis muzi because speaking of that whole entire thought process um he talked about that and this is why i bring it up to you guys Here's here's what Muzi said uh, in terms of what it means to make the playoffs. The players are very very much working hard as always, but knowing that uh, that we accomplished something that it's uh, like Oscar said two ga- two years in a row that we make the playoffs. Um, we set up uh, we set a number of records this year, uh, most uh, points in franchise history, uh, most uh, home wins, most uh, clean sheets, and. Uh, some records that uh, you know it's important for us, important for everybody. Uh, we 
we try to make the playoffs something that moving forward it's expected. It's not something that we're all going to be, hey, playoffs, but it's like, hey, we made the playoffs again. Now let's go after what's after, after just making the playoffs. And we want to bring uh, titles and, and trophies here to Orlando. So that's what Luis Muzi had to say. He wants to bring titles and trophies to Orlando. And he said it's not it, – it, he feels that they're past that point of just making the playoffs. He thinks that they're ready to contend for trophies. I, I look at it like this, right? Um, three of the last four MLS Cup winners, right? Um, I, well, I mean, really two of the four. Uh, Columbus and Toronto are not in the playoffs. Um, Atlanta, another team just barely made it in. Seattle, um, they are in third in the West. So they are they they're pretty well. They they made it. Um, there's a lot of parity in this league. So for you to to make it, you know, a year or two. You know, make it in the playoffs. Maybe you get a run. You know, um, you only need to really look at you know the Galaxy as a team that had a lot of success and then dropped off. You know, so. Mm. Uh, Oh, Seattle's in second. I'm sorry. I was looking at the complete league table, and they're, they're in third. But, yeah, Seattle's in second in the West. Yep. Behind Colorado, um, who was a big surprise out of the West. Big surprise. But, again, yeah. But that's the thing, right? They're a big surprise. Like, no, if you had told me a year ago that Colorado would have been first, I'd have been very thrown off by that. Um, but, when you, but, I mean, you go down the list, and all it takes is, like, a year or two of – you know, poor results, and suddenly now you're not no longer a contender. I mean, it's it's one of those things where the league has so much parity and the teams are so close that having those consistent results is good. And I think building towards them and getting that reputation is definitely something that Orlando City fans have looked forward to it uh, in years down the road. Okay. So, uh, Brad, what was your hypothetical that you wanted to ask? This is great. I, I really think we should probably end the show on this one just because it is it is such a huge uh, – it's it's a pretty good thing to think about, I think, for us and our listeners, uh, Austin, Gavin, if you guys are ready. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it said that birds are descended from dinosaurs, and this implies that some dinosaurs would have white meat. In Jurassic Park, they have chicken – would they have chicken strips or T-Rex strips given that the closest genetic relative to today's chicken is the T-Rex? <laughs> I was expecting like an Orlando City hypothetical, but you got an like actual hypothetical. Yeah, would they have like a premium? Would they have both and like have like a premium upcharge for the T Rex strips? Just given like how how much process it would like what the process for raising a T Rex and then turning around and making it into food would be. Or uh, yeah, I would, mean it's just like how, but or like, because it's there and more readily available, would the chicken strips cost more? Because you'd have to mm. you'd have to bring in the chicken strips. It's mm. a very interesting hypothetical. I'm actually, and I mean, you you are on a remote island in the Pacific, so you have to you have to you'd have to bring those chickens like the chicken strips in. Well, unless you start raising chickens, unless you start raising chickens there, which sure, but then but now you're coming into like how much space are you now leaving on your island to then raise chickens that you could otherwise be utilizing for the infrastructure of your uh 
hellscape. <laughs> that's one way to put it. I don't know. Um, that's that's definitely one that would be interesting. I'm gonna let the audience decide. Um, <laughs> leave a comment on the show if you if you feel like it should be dinosaur or chicken. So I guess with that we'll end the show. Yeah, well, that's what we're going out on this week. Fantastic. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk to everyone after the Orlando City Nashville game on Tuesday, coming up this week, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports One. So for Gavin Eubank and Brad Newton, I'm Austin David. Thanks for very much for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We will see you next week. And you're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown. Water trash!